Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Women who stayed less than six months in facilities such as the two mother and baby home and those resident after 1974 are now set to be included in redress schemes. With thousands of potential beneficiaries, it's believed that the scheme could cost the state up to £800 million. Minister Roderick O'Gorman is expected to seek Cabinet approval for the redress plan in the coming weeks. And according to the Irish Times, the scheme will now include women who spent less than six months in the homes uh, and those resident after 1974. Plans to broaden the scheme follow controversy over the findings of the Commission of Investigation into Mother and Baby Homes. And in its January report, the Commission recommended women who had spent lengthy periods in mother and baby homes before 1974 should be considered for redress. It also said women who were in county homes, uh, the Tomb Home, and those who worked outside the institutions without pay should also be eligible. And Minister Gorman stated earlier this year that he hopes uh, to open the redress scheme to applications as soon as possible into 2022. Now, when I read that, most people would go, hey, that's good, isn't it? That's good. But why 2022? Why kick it down the road a little bit further? Because my thinking on all of this is, and because, of course, I have a personal interest. Of course, my mother was in a mother and baby home. I was born in a mother and baby home. I was adopted. You all all know the story that I believe what they're trying to do here is, and what they've been trying to do all along, is kick it down the road a little bit further because it'll cost less. Because the further they can kick this down the road, the more people that were actually in the homes will have passed away and won't be entitled to a bean, obviously. Uh, But to give me a bit more information on this Kathleen Function, who is a Sinn Féin spokesperson on Children and Youth Affairs. Good afternoon to you, Kathleen. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? Good. Is, is this just kicking it down the road a little bit again? Yeah, well, my first difficulty is that this was actually leaked. So survivors, again, got to read this in the newspaper before they actually got to hear it firsthand from either the minister or the department. And there's, well, there's like, nothing new about survivors being no. disrespected over the last two years, certainly yeah. when it comes to this mother and baby home um, with this particular investigation. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, there isn't. But you would, I mean, I suppose I still hold out hope that the right thing would be done at some stage and that they would have had, particularly given everything that happened last year, I think last time I was on your show, it was around the, the sealing of the records and then the, the report was leaked. And, and then deleting of the audio as well. I mean, the, the yeah, amount of the disrespect here has been yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and there's been a whole litany of, of things. So I suppose just to, to say, like, it is it is disrespectful. And it's like, when you read that as well, I suppose if you've, if you've been through one of these homes, you know, you're, you have so many questions and there's nobody there to actually answer those questions for you. I would welcome that it's being extended um, according to this report anyway, that it would include women who are there for less than six months because a lot of women would have been in around the three or four month category and I think to be honest, you know, any length of time at all in those institutions was absolutely horrific. But I would largely agree with, with the points you're making in terms of um, it being kicked down the road and it's another year and another year. Should this be going on for year. years, you know? Yeah, it's been going on for absolutely years and like you said there at the start, you know, people have passed away like even since in the last year I can think of women that I had been dealing with that have unfortunately passed away and like they never saw some of them never were able to get any sort of well, my own biological mother, my own bio- biological mother passed away in recent times there as well so right. and I don't think she ever availed of any redress to be honest with you as far as I know I'm not aware she did anyway but but in saying that I have a few questions in relation to and I'm not too sure whether you know the answers to it and I'm a little bit confused by this as well because it says that you know obviously those post 1974 so in relation to those who were in mother and baby homes who'd be quite elderly at this stage before 19 1974. Where did they stand in all this? Are they already covered yeah. uh, under the redress scheme? 
So basically, when the commission report was published in January, they had recommended that anybody before 1974, um, any women that had been in the institutions would be covered. And their their reason for their argument was that in 1973, like the, the single parent or the lone parent's allowance came into being now, we all know that. So they didn't go in out of financial necessity. Is that the point they were kind well, of trying to make? Well, that's the point the Commission was trying to make. I mean, I, I would argue that in a lot well, of people... There was a social had, pressure to go in, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a huge amount of pressure. But you're well into the 80s, even of people course. would tell stories that, that there was pressure. Ah, sure. So if you, sure, if you got pregnant before you were married, for God's sake, right up to the, I suppose, up to the, the mid-90s even, you would, you yeah. would say, there was a, certainly a social pressure or a moral pressure, you know, to either get married or do something, you know what I mean? Because There definitely was. Yeah. Yeah, there was huge pressure put on people and and obviously there was a lot of women as well who would have felt very isolated and didn't even feel they could turn to anyone, maybe, you know, just went away and tried to deal with it themselves as well. So, no, there's definitely, before 1974, we're always going to be included. So this is saying now that they will include women after 1974, which is welcome. And obviously... Um, not having the, the six month requirement is welcome, but you're right. It does need to be. When did the last? When did the last home close, Kathleen? 1996. I have in my head. Now I am open to correction on that, but it wasn't. It and was. That have been the one in Navan. It was Navan the last one, was it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it was 1996, but I have to say I am open to correction on that. But it, it was definitely into the 90s, anyway. Um, and that just shows to show you where we stood as a society, right up to the the kind of, that's what I said to you, up to the kind of mid 90s. There was this kind of stigma to being a single parent or a single mother, um, who was relying even on the state at that time. There was that kind of stigma attached to that. Oh, you're sponging off the state, or you know that that kind of idea that a single mother is not a nice person and not somebody you should be ta- you should be dealing with at all. In other words, go off now and and you should give your baby up for adoption. That's the best thing you could do, is it? Yeah, the idea of this kind of supposedly standard family of mother, father and 2.4 children or whatever they say. But yeah, like I, even probably after that, I think there, there, there's still, there is still that kind of sense of, mm-hmm. maybe not now, of course. No, of course not, hopefully not. Well into the 90s. Yeah. Um, but just, I would, sorry, just to clarify, by the way, because my producers clarified me, in September 1996, the Magdalene oh, Asylum of Our Lady of Charity on Shaw McDermott Street would have been the last. Known. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's just to clarify, 1996, that was Our Lady of Charity in Shaw McDermott Street. Now, no, recently uh, they tried to retain that building, didn't they, of course, to use as some sort of museum because they were going to demolish it, as far as I remember. Oh, yeah, I think that's, that is in public ownership, but I think they might have yeah. some plan to try and uh, eventually do some sort of... Um, a memorial or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, there's a lot, I suppose, that they really do need to deal with first in terms of their, their records and, and the actual redress and, you know, even the counselling services that they advertised, you know, it emerged then that that was just the standard HSE counselling line and people were obviously, you know, waiting huge lengths of time to access that service and then you're not necessarily dealing with mm. uh, people who know, you know, you have to have trauma-specific counsellors for, for women who've, got, who've gone through this. Yeah, and, um, and also, by the way, they've extended the scheme as well, which is a good thing from the leaked information that we have to include women who worked outside the institutions without pay, of course. Um, uh, they should be eligible because that was something that was kind of happening widespread as well, that women were being essentially used as skivvies. Yeah, there was a huge amount of that. And then there was also, obviously, the commission didn't look at all of the mother and baby homes and it didn't look at all of the county homes. So that, it seems that the redress will cover everybody. So as I say, those points are welcome, but I suppose the fear of it going into 2022 is that like legislation is going to have to be passed 
So, well, that's what I'm saying. It'll, it'll yeah. be 2022 before the redress scheme applications go in. So, and even if even if they pass the legislation in early 2022, then by say I don't know early, but maybe even the end of the first quarter, you can get your application in. Sure, how long is the application going to take? That could take another six you're, months. You're probably looking at the best part of a year. Absolutely. Yeah. And is. that's another year for sadly for many yeah. of the women who would have been around at that time to pass yeah. away and, and yeah. not get what they're entitled to. And you see, there's no reason, and um, there's been so much, obviously it's something we've been dealing with for years in this country, but particularly I think in the last year there's been so much in relation to the report and the records and everything. So there's no reason why they couldn't actually have a period of time where they extend dog sitting or add extra days for a period of time to get the legislation done this side of Christmas to open the applications as, as soon as possible. Well, Kathleen, I've been, t- I've been talking about this since I started the show 11 years ago. And, yeah. and you know, I know the Minister for uh, uh, Children at the time, Catherine Zappone, some people suggested she did some good work, but it's it's kind of sat gathering dust on shelves for a long time, hasn't it? No, the whole situation has. And, and the, the other two parts of this are the situation with the, the tomb, um, the burials. Yes. Uh, remember Catherine Corliss and everything like that. So in January 2020, that legislation was supposed to be looked at and and passed. Now, we actually, because I chair the Children's Committee and the Dáil, um, so all of that was delayed, obviously, with the general election cause and everything. But we've, we've done our report on that now, and that's another thing that we're waiting on for the next step, because there's a lot of people of an elderly age that that affects as well. So everything that, that seems to fall mm. into this realm, it seems to be, and look, some people say it's cynical, but it does seem to be, let's try and put as much time as possible, another person dies, another person dies. And it's, you know, it's terrible to say that that, that is that exactly what it feels like. But that is what we're seeing over the last number of years. Like even the adoption and tracing legislation that we're dealing with now, that took so much, so many years as well to, to come to actually to the table as such. So it's... Yeah. And, and just a, far, a quite, final question on this, by the way, and Libby just sent an interesting message to us. She said, the Lady of Charity, uh, where is the charity the Roman Catholic Church is allowed to answer for? Now, in relation to the cost of this, and I know yeah. there are people who are unaffected by this, by the way, who are listening today, saying, well, hold oh, no, on, why is me as a taxpayer going to have to pay for all this? I mean, the cost of this, they suggest, could be 800 million, possibly an yeah. awful lot more, to be honest with you, right? So at what point is the, are the, the government going to say, well, let's not use too much taxpayers' money here and get the Catholic Church, as Bertie Hearn suggested many years ago, although he didn't strike up a good deal with the Catholic Church at the time, the Catholic Church to pay up some of this? Because, of course, they were, I'm not saying they were solely responsible. The state, of course, were partially responsible for what went on. But the Catholic Church had a hand in this as well. So, I mean, should they be paying up for, uh, some money for this as well? Oh, they definitely should be paying towards it. And I would also argue that other organizations maybe that were involved in some of the vaccine trials and stuff like that that went on in the homes. They in ni- this is in 1963 in St. Patrick's Home in the Navan yeah. Road, of course. You I mean, had Glaxo they, Klein and many others involved in yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I think that they've recently announced the, uh, releasing ex- additional records or, or such to survivors, but they, everybody that was involved should have to pay a price. Of course, the state, um, and it primarily was the state and the church working together, but I do think that all all of those three organisations should be paying. And I'd agree with you. And a lot of people will say, you know, it's coming back to the taxpayers. Now, there is a responsibility on the state. Of course. Well the, st- well, the state are ultimately responsible because they pass the responsibility to the Catholic Church, which they yeah, shouldn't they, have. Yeah, they also allow it to Of I course, mean, yeah. But, but I mean, maybe, I mean, look, the Catholic Church are the biggest landowners in the country, probably. Um, and they've quite a lot of land. So should we be taking some of that land back and saying, well, we're going to sell some of this off to make up for some of the money that you should be paying people I, here for I the damage that you've done? I have to say I would totally support something like a C- CPO or, or whatever has to be put in place if they 
if they would refuse to pay, I, do, I definitely think they need to pay their fair share. And I think that if not, they really need to be to be made to pay their fair share. Because the last thing we don't want to, we don't want to come out of this like a, with a bad deal. The one that Bertie Hearn, of course, struck up uh, with Fianna Fáil many, many years ago with the Catholic Church. I mean, he struck up a bad deal where they ended up getting away quite lightly in relation to this because they do have a hand in it. And no matter what you want to say, I'm not suggesting they're solely responsible, but they do have a, a fair hand in what, what, what happened. But look, let's oh, hope. Oh, they definitely do. Let's hope. No, I, I, it, 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 it's definitely the job of the state, but it, it also the religious orders and then any other organisation that would involve, like the, the any of the pharmaceutical companies that were involved in the vaccine trials, I think all of those bodies should be made to to pay their fair share. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. But listen, uh, thank you very much and thank you very much for staying on the case as well, uh, Kathleen Funchen. I really appreciate it. Uh, Sinn Féin spokesperson much. for Children and Youth Affairs. Uh, and a lot of people, by the way, texting in who have been affected by that. And just to clarify as well, according to this leaked document, um, and, but they see these are people who would have been resident in mother and baby homes uh, after 1974 because they weren't included in the original uh, Commission of Investigation and the original re- redress scheme. They were included say, in the Commission of Investigation but not the original redress. Uh, they now will be included but it could be the end of next year it could you know what I mean we don't know how long this is going I mean again it gets kicked down the road and the logic behind kicking it down the road and I'm not being cynical and being logical here is that the longer you can delay these things happening and this is the real whole reason why we're only getting to this now and not 10 years ago by the way the longer you delay this the less you have to pay because more people are dead so many of those women that would have been in those homes, in those Magdalene laundries, in the mother and baby homes, or would have been working outside for no pay outside of these institutions. Um, many of them are passing away because they'll be on their 70s and 80s now, probably. Many of them, some of them 60, but some of them will be 70, 80 years of age. So the longer you leave us, the less, less you have to pay because they won't be around to claim it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.